0: As it was bank holiday weekend, of course there was a bus replacement service. Whilst Norwich went to the top deck, the parade conked out for Borough and Bristol City, Kangaroo jumped into first gear for Leeds but full-on throttled it for Derby. And for the eighth time in 11 seasons, Chelmsford City lost in the playoffs. Good job we don't have to mention that again on this, the Totally Football League Show. of acdc well that can only mean one thing here in the studio working his way across the fretboard, there were brackets around that thank you abby shredding his heart out and picking out only the best notes for you it's our very own axel rose adrian
1: clark (laughs) i'm so happy with that
0: could you do an axel rose long or short hair period
1: yeah, I could go long hair, period. Yeah, I yeah. used to
0: really fancy Axl Rose.
1: Yeah, is I, that, is that I, where this whole thing falls no, down? No, no, I don't
0: think so. <laughs> I had a thing at the time for guys that used to wear um, little leather gilets. He had one, didn't he? And his arms were on display. Too much? Possibly. Yeah. Uh, alongside him, keeping beat, the rhythm of the street, and making this whole charade, charade, work, it's the DC David Connolly.
2: Good uh, day.
0: <laughs> I don't know
2: what time this is going out.
0: Green day. That would have been a better yeah. reference. Oh, it Perhaps. would have been. Yeah. 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 Just insert that in and make you look every bit special like me. And a man who looks like he's plucked a bass string or two in his time mm-hmm. from William Hill is Joe Crilly, who apparently we can't call JC because someone has the copyright on that for a couple of thousand years. Uh, Joe, how are you?
3: Good pronunciation
0: on plucked there. <laughs> yes. Well, you missed out last week when I taught Abby the... No, hang on, I have to think about this. The Pheasant Pluckers song. Right, Okay. (laughs) So...
3: Was it a pleasant experience? It was, but
0: please don't make me say it again, because I will get it wrong. Bolton. Do we all need to put a collective arm around Joe? Because he's not been in here since his team, you know, well, Boltoned it.
1: Mm. How are you, mate? I've been better. What do you think of Mr
3: Bassini? (sighs) I don't know, but I, I, I'm going to reserve judgment until or if he actually uh, gets his foot in the door. I have seen Mr Bassini
2: in his budgie smugglers recently. Really? Yeah.
0: How recent? Where were you? A couple of months what ago. What was it like?
2: I was away on holiday and talking to a friend and they said, i oh, having a chat and see that fellow over there, a little pair of pants on, round by the pool. That's um, Lawrence Bassini, used to be the owner of Watford. No way, yeah, yeah. So we had a little chat, a bit uncomfortable, obviously, in his little
3: <laughs> pants, but... How tall is he? um, He's. I mean, how small is he? Yeah. (laughs) I said tall. I'm I'm just wondering about the size of his endowment to go and (laughs) wanderers. Pretty minimal, I think.
0: Um, So, did he reveal anything? (laughs) Did he? Uh, No. (laughs) So on the subject of Mr Bassini...
4: Well, I mean, everything's up in the air at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill.
0: We'll leave that puerile part of this podcast there shall we and let's talk about the football I mentioned Norwich City's bus breaking down if anyone saw this at the weekend this was their celebration bus their parade bus conked out but it's in the championship we'll start Norwich taking the title Sheffield United second and up Leeds losing to bottom of the table Ipswich but still take third Middlesbrough win Bristol City draw both miss the top six. Canaries a champs, Adrian Clark.
1: Yeah, and they deserve it, I yeah. think. Yeah. As much as brilliant as Sheffield United have been. I think Norwich have been top dogs this season, outstanding and Looking at the the highlights of this game, it, it was typical Norwich, wasn't it? They played played some lovely football, got down the flanks to great effect with the fullbacks and, and wingers contributing. Our man Vrancic has ended the season in style, hasn't he? Scoring or, or making assists in, in pretty much every appearance. So no, absolutely brilliant, and can't wait to see them in the in the Premier League. I don't think they need to to spend gazillions really. Mm. Just just stick with what they've got. Add a few like minded individuals. Definitely a new goalkeeper. I don't want to hammer Tim Krul while while he's still celebrating the title, but I do think they can upgrade that position. That side, I think, just just beef up the numbers and they'll be okay. Villa won. Norwich to. We
0: spoke a little bit last week about Stuart Weber and what they've done. But if you look at quite a lot of the the quotes that came out after this game from from the management team, from the chairman, the owners, they were talking about the fact they had to change their recruiting tact after the parachute payments were due to stop and changing things around. It was a bit of a risk, but it's paid off for them.
2: Well, look, they haven't got really any of their signings wrong. I mean, very rarely does that happen. They've had to gamble. Let's be frank, who would have seen Emmy Brendier coming in and, and doing what he's done? I guess he was at um Culture Leonese, who leads own. Mm. And why didn't Leeds sign him? I mean, what a coup that was getting him. Obviously, it's all right, selling £22 million James Madison. You bring someone in for nothing, more or less, and he fills the void. Wow, that's really good business. I mean, Adrian's already said about Tim Krull. Now, Tim Krul's come in done a really great job, right? But that's because they got 15 million for Angus Gunn. You know, that is really good recruitment. Now, it doesn't mean Tim is going to be the answer in the Premier League, but who cares? They just wanted to get promoted. Yeah. Then I think they have to go again. But the likes of Pookie and we've already talked about, you know, their youngsters, terrific young players, really bright future. But in and amongst that, I think they will need a little bit more experience. They've only got Zimmerman really at the back. And I think it's going to be a test in the Premier League. But out of all the teams, you know, you'd like to think the way they play football... A bit like Wolves, I think, when they went up. They're going to have a similar impact. I'm not saying they're as good as Wolves. You know, they're not maybe, there isn't a Jimenez or a Yotter, <clears> But how they play, that style of play is similar to Wolves. So I think they're going to have a, a, a quite an interesting campaign.
1: Just, yeah, just a bit more steel, I think, at the back. Probably a, a proper defensive midfielder and a centre-back to go with a keeper. And I don't think they need too many more. And a striker probably to, to, to step in and keep. Pookie on his toes I was speaking to a former uh, Norwich player that's pretty well connected to the club and he was last week and he he was telling me that some of these guys are on very very low money in championship terms Mm. like really low so I think the first step is to give them the contracts that they deserve and warrant and then they go from there so a lot of these guys they didn't have to speculate a lot of money on them and as David rightly points out they've they've been sensational
0: When we look Joe Crilley uh, where they were at the start of the season, I don't know if you can remember the odds that they were both on. But has this has this cost you lot? Uh, no. no.
3: Um, <laughs> I mean, if you if you think about where Norwich were, <laughs> suit
1: he's wearing,
0: of yeah. course it hasn't cost. It. <laughs> can you pick your hands up off the ground with the size of those watches? Yeah. If you think about
3: where they were last season, finished 14th. They just sold James Madison for 22 million quid. We didn't have. Any real expectations of, of them doing anything? They, I think, they were, they were probably around about fourteen to one to get promoted. I think they were probably about fifty to one to win the league. You always get people putting a couple of quid on their their mm. local team, but I don't think outside of Norwich there would have been many bets on them uh, getting promoted or either go, or going up.
0: Stoke to Sheffield United too. Not that anyone put any money on Stoke going up, but Sheffield United finishing second, drinking every. Pub dry. Uh, Stoke goalscorer Ryan Shaw crossed first since January 2017. Ben Mayhew on Twitter is always worth a follow. Said Sheffield United spent less than an hour losing at home across all their 23 home <laughs> games this season, which wow. is a phenomenal stat. Mm. And I'm only bringing that up because someone's also asked for your stats of I the know. season. Yeah. You can't have that one now. No. Stoke will go on and build. Can I put my money on them next <laughs> season now? David?
2: Possibly because they've drawn so many games. Yeah, if they turn it the other way, it's feasible. And I really like Nathan Jones. I mean, he's one driven individual. I don't think he'll be accepting where they finish this season. No. So you never know.
1: Yeah, they've made themselves—they've made themselves hard to beat, haven't they? Under him, been pretty boring at times, has not it? Load of nil-nil draws. But he's—he's he's getting the basics right. He's changed habits. At Stoke, and I think that that was the first step. Probably the second step was to change some of the personnel, yeah. bringing his own players that that will suit his his brand of football. I would back Nathan. I know he's my old mate, but I would back him to get it right. I think that that they will turn those draws into wins next year, and I, I would definitely have them in the top six um, based on what I've seen uh, in recent months.
0: I'm just going to rattle through the rest of the scores so we can talk about the playoffs then. Derby three, West Brom one, meaning that Frank Lampard's Derby are in the playoffs. Ipswich three, Leeds two, Ipswich are down to 10 in that one. Rotherham one, Borough two. The playoffs then, if we get to those, will be Aston Villa, West Brom, Derby, Leeds, the first way round, then West Brom, Aston Villa, Leeds, Derby on the 14th and 15th of May. Those first games are on the 11th of May. Let's have a look at Aston Villa West Brom first. Who rides that one through?
1: Oh, it's, it's really hard. Well, West Brom had the better of Villa in the, in the games in the regular season. I think that there was a controversial goal, wasn't there, from Jay Rodriguez in the, in the game at the Hawthorns, but they went to Villa Park and won. So that's a psychological plus mm. for the baggies. But, but as I've been saying all along, and I think this was laid to bear a little bit in that game against Derby, I just, I just don't trust them at centre half. I just don't trust them. I think Bartley and Hagazi have got mistakes in them at the higher level. And let's face it, if, if Abraham can be fit, Codger's in good form as well, that, that Villa have a lot of, lot of quality in forward areas. And, and for that reason, I would say that, that Villa would be my favourites to progress from that semi-final. I just think that West Brom aren't good enough um, without the ball.
0: 2-2 draw at the Hawthorns. Uh, it was 2-0 to West Brom at Villa Park.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with Adrian here because I think I was at the game at the weekend at Pride Park and I thought West Brom were, were woeful, to be honest. They played a back three. No one went to press the ball. They stayed in a zone. Um, what that meant is for Derby, when, when they've got their really clever players, you know, Mount and Wilson and, and Waggon coming off short. Well, if you just stay in a zone, they're just going to dominate the ball. Yeah. And it was only a matter of time before they scored without getting too tactical here but you know you could see it coming and in the end I thought Derby thoroughly deserved it I mean they had a couple of chances West Brom they look woeful in the final third defensively they're all over the place you play a back three it's so easy to get in between them and no one was picking up the lone striker Derby only had one lone striker I think Villa to be honest are going to rip to pieces Mm.
0: what 10 games now for Jimmy Shan is it have you seen any improvement
2: They didn't really have anything riding on the game, so you can't look into it that much. I'm sure they'll perform better, and it is a Midlands derby as well. However, you know, I just expected so much more, but they didn't look comfortable in this formation. They really didn't. Rodriguez was playing, they sort of played a 3-4-2-1. Rodriguez in behind, you know, with with the lone striker of Dwight Gale, but they didn't look like it, it didn't look like it suited them. Mason Holgate was really poor out wide as a wing-back. I don't know. I I, I don't see it. I can only see Villa winning.
1: Dean Smith as well. So much experience, hasn't he, as a manager in this in this division, uh, down the leagues as well. Just think that, that this might come to roost now, West Bromwich Albion's decision to not go with a tried and trusted manager. Obviously, you've got Shan, who's come in and done okay, brought in some, some good guys around him. But it's all new, isn't it? I just feel that Dean Smith has been building. They've been getting better and better, haven't they, Aston Villa, until this point. Just feels to me, I'm with David, that they'll win this comfortably.
0: Really interesting about the the managers: Dean Smith, ninth season managing the EFL, seventh month at Aston Villa; Lampard, first season as manager; Bielsa, first season in England; Shan, and you been West Brom manager mm. ten games. So those four managers aren't yet tasted, uh, tasted, tested mm-hmm. in this playoff situation in the Championship. So who will come out on top? West Brom then might be a little bit damaged after that that Derby game. Villa, I just think. We'll go all the way. We're going to get a treble bet for charity, are we not, Joe Crilly from William Hill?
3: Yes, indeed. So, all three of you, so put your thinking caps on.
0: Well, I'm already going for Villa to win through, but the other game, Derby-Leeds, was all about Spygate. Derby doing it with the kids. In 1718, the last game of the season, 10 of the 14 were 29-plus, so old guys. This season, last game of the season, 9 of the 14 were 26 or under he's completely changed things around Lampard and it's working for him David
2: yeah I thought they were excellent when the pressure was on and you know one of those players Wilson who you know has got a wand of a left foot he scored a really pressure penalty against QPR 94th minute young lad got a score he scored it again at the weekend against West Brom gets a penalty got a score he scored it and not only him Jaden Bogle the right back was absolutely what a cross for the first goal Eight assists. Not only that, but he looked like he looked a bit like a Max Aaron's. And he's one of their own. I think that's really important because of all the loanies, you know, you got your ones from Liverpool, your Chelsea's, you know, Tomori's been brilliant, don't get me wrong, a Mason Mount. It's great to have, you know, one of their own. And Keo was so important to them. I know he's much maligned, but he he was excellent, to be honest. And they really deserved it. And I think Frank talking about out of all his achievements, maybe playing, this is up there in terms of as a manager I think that's because it, you've got to sacrifice so much as a coach and a manager and I don't know whether that's a little hint to Chelsea to say look although I achieved all that as a player this is what I've achieved as a manager it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets them up pretty quickly he'll be Chelsea manager
0: and he'd probably go, wouldn't he? I mean, you'd be daft. <laughs> it's be hard, to, uh, hard tu- to
1: turn it down, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, if you've yeah.
0: taken Derby up... but
1: pfft, Well, yeah, yeah well, watch if his space. I, I'm, I've been really impressed as well with, with what he's done. And on and, and, and Jaden Bogle, who I agree has been brilliant, mm. he had an experience right back in there, didn't he? Andre Wisdom. It wouldn't have been easy to drop him. He's a, he's a senior player within the squad. There's a lot of senior players that he inherited, as you've outlined, with, with those 29-plus players that Gary Rowett had. It wouldn't have been easy for him to effectively been those, those those older players. But he mm. did. He was bold. He went with who he thought would do the job for him. And it goes to show that I think most teams benefit from that injection of youth, whether it's pace, enthusiasm, fearlessness. But it's where you get
0: consistency. That's no, you don't. You
1: don't. And I've seen Bogle have bad games in the flesh this season. He's been quite poor on occasion. But over the course of the campaign, that was an inspired piece of management from Lampard to give him a crack.
2: What I think's interesting is, obviously, they're going to play Leeds. They got beat 4-1 at home. They've lost 6-1 on aggregate against them. But the 4-1 was their second game of the season. Now, anyone who saw the first game and looked at how Derby played, it was like taking candy off a baby. Although they won, basically, Reading just sat off and went, go on then, Keogh, you have it. We'll go and press you and, we'll, you know, nick the ball off you because you're not very good at playing out. And they got away with it. Second game against no, oh, you know, he destroyed them. You're going to play like a you know, academy football that's fine. It will suit us. He's really tweaked it and learned Frank Lampard. And that's what you got to do as a coach. He's learned he doesn't necessarily take risks these days. This is not going to be the same game. Obviously, both sides are in completely different format, different stages of their game, I guess.
0: Has it, has it switched since Yeah, it has. It
2: has, yeah. I mean, uh, certainly they're not, they're not playing out like they were, mm. which was... To be honest, academy football, Jody Morris and Frank Lampard were in that. And the first and second game told a story. And I think he learned from the Bielsa result because, as I said, you know, you can't play like that against Bielsa. He'll just win it off you high up. So they have adapted and, and changed somewhat. So the games are going to be much, much closer.
0: Right then, we have those four teams in the playoffs. Villa, West Brom, Derby, Leeds. I've already stuck everything on Villa. What are the stats saying? What are the bookies saying heading into the playoffs, Joe?
3: If we're looking at who's going to be in the final first to qualify, the favourites in each tie: Villa eight to eleven, Leeds eight to fifteen. So it looks like that will be the final. At West Brom evens to qualify, Derby eleven to eight, and we can't split Villa and Leeds, so we've got them as favourites to go into the uh, into the final of the playoffs. If they get there, we probably will have them at the same price because they are now fifteen to eight Villa, fifteen to eight Leeds. Uh, this is to win the playoffs, and West Brom seven to two, Derby nine to two.
0: I don't know if I'm going to stamp all over your stat from the Championship, mm-hmm. so feel free to hate me. But when finishing in third, only three teams have failed to make Wembley. That since that it was rebranded to the the mm-hmm. Championship. So Leeds, you would think. Favorites to get there. Yeah,
1: even though we just we just been praising Derby, I would I, would, I think that's right that leads are favorites. I know that they've really stuttered, haven't they? I mean, goodness me, they've been strictly mid-table form, haven't they? The the business end of the season, I think, thirteen points from the last ten games. So it's pretty terrible, really. Mm-hmm. But but they do have good individuals, and I think that Bielsa will will get them fired up for this. And providing they're still in the tie after the Pride Park game, I, I would back them to go and win at Ellen Road. I just think that the inexperience of this Derby side might count against them at Ellen Road. Hostile atmosphere, Bielsa's team in their faces. Kimar Roof scored in both fixtures against against them in the in the league season. So, um, so yeah, I will go with Leeds.
0: What is the wry smile on your yeah. face? Are so you about to take him apart? Do no, it. no, I'm not going to take it. Oh. What, I,
2: I'm going to take Bielsa apart oh. because I think... Disappointing. Yes, sorry. But I think the decision to allow Villa to score is going to cost them because you could see Pontus Janssen. He didn't want them to score. I, if it was me, I would have just gone, look, Bielsa, you, you had the Spygate. Two wrongs, you know, an eye for an eye. No, no, forget it. You've cocked up, but just leave it now. And and I think he would have got a kind of us against the world mentality. Mm. Instead, now, he's damned if he does. Damn if he, and, and to me, the players, I don't think they're really singing off the same song shit. I've got to be honest. Mm. So I, I don't think they're going to go through.
0: Can we just nip out get a T-shirt saying that David's now in my club because I said this last week but you said with the old Parky last week that, that Jansen didn't mean it yeah, well, Parkie, right Good old Parky
1: and Clarky, we said that he was doing it for the fans, we, we said he it was, he was, he was a bit for show No, I agree, I, I, I'm standing by that I don't, I don't think there's a problem I don't think there's a problem there Because
0: Gunthorpe's coming up and yeah. we might change our views on that completely Right, so you're going with to win it all? Villa and you're going with?
1: Lise, Lise, Lise. And
0: I'm going with Villa. A quick word on a couple of other things from the championship. You've seen this Mark Walburton to QPR. Sky seemed fairly confident that was going to happen. Do you see him getting it right there? Possibly.
2: It's a difficult job. I've seen QPR a lot this season and at times they've been really good. At times they've been absolutely woeful. They've got so many players out of contract they don't know what they're not going to do. They've got made expensive loan signings. Obviously they've got this embargo. Funnily enough I bumped into one of their scouts. I played even Gary Penrice, ex-Villa and blah blah blah. And being a scout for QPR you might as well not have a scout because basically they can't they can't sign anyone permanently. The restrictions on them are so severe that it's almost negates having a recruitment department. I, I really don't know what they're going to do. I think they've done well just to stay up. Yeah. Freeman didn't play at the weekend, did he? I don't know what's happening with him, whether he's going to go. Iberieze's form just fallen off a cliff. They've got obviously Wells, Hemed. Where'd you start? But I love the club. It's a great football club, but it, it needs major surgery. They, they've
0: got a core group of good young players mm. as well. Well, Dunno Furlong, but. I
2: believe he might be off.
1: I don't know. I I That's I, I, think. I fear them. for them. Luongo's yeah. a talented boy. There'll be lots of people who want him. Yeah, it's going to be a season of struggle, no matter who's in charge. I think, in terms of the right type of person, Warburton makes sense. Actually, I think the Rangers' job was maybe a bit big for him. Mm. Some of the the old guards, some of the, the the sort of more mature players. Weren't having him for want of a, a better phrase you know, in football in parlance, they didn't really respect him. But I think he has got a good record with younger players, I think he's a good communicator, yeah. and he will he will try and nurture the talent that is there. So I understand the logic of the appointment potentially, but uh, yeah, QPR in for a, a tough campaign. I,
0: I think potentially, Mark Warburton, they'll, they'll like, they'll think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, Andy, I am Dartnell. Has been in touch. It would be good to have Mr. Adrian Clark's favourite stat for each division. Now the season is over. Your favourite stat for the championship? Yeah,
1: good, good shout, good tweet. This I didn't have long to, to to pick them out, but hopefully this one's decent for the championship. Now we all know it's important. Yeah, don't concede first ten minutes. Keep things tight. So congratulations are in order to Alex Niels Preston, uh, the only side in the division that didn't concede any goals in the opening 10 minutes of games this season. To put that into context, the four playoff teams, the four successful teams, had a combined 31 goals that they leaked in the first 10 minutes of matches, which goes to show how solid Preston have been. And in the first 20, they only leaked one as well. The next closest is Sheffield United. So first 20 minutes, Preston are solid.
4: Make this an every Saturday Super with the Super Saturday Reloaded Coupon from William Hill, available in all William Hill branches across the UK. With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. Season and C's seas You can find out more at williamhill.com. And remember, when the fun stops, stop.
0: Where to start in League One then? Luton are champions. Donny get the final playoff play. Scunthorpe, Plymouth and Walsall are relegated. And the most dodgy, controversial, within the rules, but not the spirit of the game goal you will ever see this season. Three teams on 50 points at the foot too. Where do you want to start? I can't start anywhere but South End, can I? South End two, Sunderland one. Find me a fine margin, and you'll find South End <laughs> on it, won't you?
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, it was, I was chuffed a bit, so I did watch this game. I was glued to it, and
0: they were doomed with what three minutes yeah, of the ninety
1: left. Yeah, it was, real, it was a real roller coaster, wasn't it? They were up and down. Great fighting spirit, I have to say, from South End United. It was typical, really, because they had it. John White with a sort of a shiner of an overhead kick, and then and then the penalty was a a silly foul from, from John White really uh, and you just thought oh no here we go but Simon Humphreys who who's been really good when he's been fit but unfortunately he's been out, out injured too too long which has been the story of South End season, key men particularly in forward areas injured, he came up trumps and yeah I was just so so pleased for the club because I don't think they deserve to go down, I think that they were the unluckiest team in the division with injuries, and in recent weeks during the running, Kevin Bond has had so many refereeing calls go against him big ones mm. that, that finally they had a bit of the rub of the green there. So it's so a well done to the shrimpers.
0: So, South End, Wimbledon, and Plymouth all finished on 50 points, but it was goal difference that keeps South End and Wimbledon up. We can throw Wimbledon into this as well, and the Plymouth three, Scunthorpe two. We might need about four hours on that one. So, let's briefly talk about AFC Wimbledon uh, the great fight back, there's some fantastic graphics. On Twitter, one of which showing just where Wimbledon were and how far they've come. They were 10 points behind yeah. 31 games into the season. They were 10 points adrift of those that finished beneath them. Bradford, Neil, Wimbledon, Neil, and they they stay up, your old club. Yeah,
2: absolutely incredible uh, performance from Wally and the club. I mean, um, it's hard to really pinpoint what he's done there, apart from I spoke to a few of the staff when they played Luton and it was really interesting hearing about Wally as a person, what he's like. As a manager of a football club, he said he's very, very calm. And then you've got to remember, they've got a young squad, you know. So I think his personality and demeanour was a lot different to New Hardley's. And maybe it suited their younger players. And that calmness that they had they showed it at Luton they went behind they came back they went behind they came back you know brilliant performance to nick a point there and you know he's changed it he went with a back three and you know very difficult hard to beat etc cetera, etc cetera. but I think what's key to it is his man management Look, he wasn't afraid to to basically leave out their best player yeah Deji or Szilagyi uh, they had 600 grand for him I think from Ipswich uh, around January he put him with the under twenty threes and that was it. He said, Look, if you're not gonna sign, you're not gonna play. Now that's a big, brave call when you're facing relegation. Your best player, your captain. He'd done the same with Andy Barcham. He didn't quite figure, big game player, you know, you're not quite for me. So I think you've got to really take your hat off that beneath all the results and everything, there was a couple of key decisions and yeah, Wally's done done brilliant. You you, you got to say I I don't know anyone else maybe that would have had that impact.
0: Both of you when you've been either in that situation trying to avoid relegation or heading into the the playoffs, do you have an idea in your mind of of what sort of manager is better in that situation? <laughs> you know, do you want yeah. Someone that's going to fire you all up, be shouting for this, all just that that calm.
1: David's got more experience in this than me, but but personally speaking, I like the calmer managers. Kevin Bond, by the way, he's another really cool cookie. Did you see his reaction? Yeah. So both of them absolutely no reaction. Is that, is that?
2: Do you think that's because, say, for example, Wally, Kevin, Mick Harford? Is that you know they're older, more they've been burned, right? Mm. They've been around the block a little bit, so they're not as you know fire. I don't know what it is. Maybe they've that's, got nothing uh, to lose. Well, I was maybe.
1: I was a winger, and obviously I've spent half the match on the same touchline as the technical area and, and having a jack-in-the-box manager that was screaming and shouting walking you through every pass every move every decision wasn't for me I, I, I'd rather have played with earmuffs on just so I couldn't could could, could couldn't hear them
2: <laughs> I've got a great I've got a great story on that it's exactly the, I played of um, Oxlade Chamberlain at Southampton now this is a, one of the best players we've produced right last 10-15 yeah. years he said he couldn't wait to get on the opposite wing <laughs> away from the touchline and the, the manager feeling, yeah. and you know
1: yeah, I, I yeah, I just think in the big matches, the really big matches where the pressure, where the stakes are so high, don't really need that cheerleader gaffer to 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 whoop you up anymore. It's kind of bringing you bringing you down. So so at this business end of the season, maybe that type of manager is better.
0: See, as a fan, I don't know whether you're with me on this, Joe. I want to see the manager go because you want to see yeah. someone put a bit of fight in them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But I, w- I would think it's just a change, isn't it? If if somebody's screaming and shouting and it's not working, you get somebody in. Yeah. Like with Mourinho and Solskjaer and you get an upturn in fortunes. If the players are too laid back because the manager himself is too laid back, you get somebody in like a, I don't know, Graham Souness to give them a kick up the backside and that'll have an effect for a, for a few games.
0: Well done for Eric Samuelson. His last season at the club too in, in his current capacity and if they'd gone down, if anyone deserved to stay up, it
1: was him. Well, when he came on the show, he he basically admitted, well, we're we're planning for for League Two, yeah, didn't he? So because oh, he
0: plans everything, though. Uh, oh, okay. He's Mr. Glass half full sometimes <laughs> when it comes to money, <laughs> at least. Plymouth Three, Scunthorpe Two, the most controversial goal shocker. Peter Swan chairman said, I'm not putting the players or the manager up for interview because it's all going to be taken up over something which we need to deal with within the club. It was a spirited game where we should be talking about the football and the result and the fact that we've gone down fighting, but it's all going to be overshadowed, isn't it? So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the fairness behind their goal so keeper goes down yes on one knee yeah puts his hand up to say i'm injured ref i'm yeah. going to put the ball out yeah. goes to throw the ball out yes doesn't quite make terrible distribution yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he deserved it is that yeah. what you're saying
2: um no obviously like i think that one is slightly different it was a terrific finish though i gotta <laughs> say
0: <laughs> so uh, plymouth were 2-1 up at the time this was on 60 minutes, and at that stage, they're out of the relegation zone. It was Matt Macy, the the keeper, who said that he was suffering from a leg injury. He did later go off. He gestures that he's going to throw the ball out. Doesn't quite make it. Went to throw it out. Josh Morris intercepts the ball, shoots, scores, and everyone gets a little bit of argy bargy in there, which is understandable.
2: Yeah. I think it's a uh, it, that one is different. I think to the Villa Leeds one where. Go on. I think that obviously, unless there is an injury and it's a head injury, you can play on. So I, I didn't, I, I'm not sure. I think the Villa Leeds one was slightly different. Whereas that one, it was clear that that obviously he was signaling he was in possession of the ball. Whereas in the Villa Leeds game, that wasn't the case. He was in possession of the ball. He put his arm up. He was putting it out of play. Whether Josh Morris knew that or not, I don't know. But it was terrible sportsmanship. Let's be frank.
1: Yeah, it was shameful. It, it really was, and I think. Uh but if you're in that situation, no, you're going to emba- try
0: anything. To no, win, but right? that's,
1: it was an embarrassment. And I think, that, look, I've, I've read sort of fan reaction from Scunthorpe and they're, they're embarrassed about it. Yeah. They, they think it's an absolute outrage. They thought it, it sort of brought brought, brought um, even more shame on, on the team and the club. And I think the manager is... It's not going to come out of this very well, is he, Andy Dawson? I know that he's sort of an interim manager. He had the chance to do a Elsa, didn't he? Yeah. And he opted not to, and he opted not to because there was every chance that that would be a goal that might potentially help keep Scunthorpe up. And I think it was, yeah, it was one of the most disgraceful things I've seen on a football pitch. And and actually, what makes it worse for me is that the player and the manager are still yet, as far as I'm concerned, to come out and publicly say how sorry they are yeah. that they for, for their actions. I think they should have done.
0: I mean, I kind of want to appeal to you, Joe, but actually I do agree with both of these. So do you want to go against them? No. Good. We've all made our suggestions as to who's going up via the playoffs from the Championship. In League One, they kick off on the 11th of May with Sunderland-Portsmouth. On the 12th, Doncaster Rovers up against Charlton Athletic. The return legs are on the 16th and seventeenth of May. I am going for the Addicts Charlton to go through. Let's start though with Sunderland, Portsmouth, for the tenth time this season. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Incredible. Uh, they know each other pretty well, don't they?
0: Yeah, I, I was reading Chris Weatherspoon from Wise Man, say his mm. column in the Sunderland Echo, and he was saying, at the start of the season, I'm paraphrasing, so I apologise, Chris, but people can go and read it. At the start of the season, had you offered Sunderland this, a place in the playoffs that have been brilliant. After all that had gone on, the new ownership, the fans all getting together, brilliant. Doesn't matter, we're in there, we'll take that. Now, they're going to be disappointed because of the run they've had into the playoffs, how they've played, if they don't go on and and win them, they think maybe it'll be a disappointing season.
2: Yes, I'd I'd probably be inclined to agree. Two of my former teams here, I was at Wembley for the checker trade. I thought they were excellent in the first stages, Sunderland, and then they faded badly and Portsmouth thoroughly deserved to win. I think... I'd fancy Portsmouth you know they've still got the bulk of their players I, I think Sunderland did miss uh, Josh Mascher who who obviously left and scored a lot of goals from I don't think they really replaced him
0: so this Sunderland squad though you still believe it's what the best within those playoffs and that's the expectation or not you know saying it'd be disappointing if they don't go up now
2: I wouldn't say it'd be disappointing because I, I think that actually they've done well to even get in the playoffs right. um you know McGee's been a terrific signing for them but he was half nothing and I don't think they've. uh, Will Grigg was expensive but I don't think the rest of the signings have really been that great and I think it's a season of a sort of rebuild job for them. I think if they if they manage to beat Portsmouth over two legs fair play to them but Mm. I just can't see it.
1: I'm inclined to agree on that on that score I've got to say I I think that the centre half has been a problem position for Sunderland. The reason that, that one goal hasn't been enough on numerous occasions is because they can't keep enough clean sheets. And there are too many individual mistakes. They, they were really woeful, I thought, at Roots Hall. And again, turk who I'm not a fan of, was brushed off the ball way too easily for, for the winning goal inside the box. I think he's a, he's a weak link that Portsmouth will be looking to exploit. And yeah, I just think that Portsmouth are really solid. You've got Matt Clark, one of the best centre-halves in the division. They're solid down the spine of the pitch. And I, would, I think it'd be a really tight... Playoff semi final. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals, but but I would, I would back Portsmouth.
0: So we think the second season of Sunderland till I die will be ultimately a flop, <laughs> right? Portsmouth are going through from that. Then is the feeling I get amongst. Do you want to argue, Joe?
3: We've actually got Sunderland as favourites to qualify. Nah.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: only very slightly. Both sides are odds on, um, but Sunderland are the shorter price. Uh, they're four to five. Pompey ten to eleven. So Pompey very very close to even money.
0: Charlton, Doncaster, then. Why I've gone for Charlton coming out of these four is I think the Forms picked up their points any other season. You'd have seen them go up automatically I would have had them going up I just think they'll have too much
1: accomplished football they play it's really good because they're they're solid but they also play some beautiful sweeping uh, possession football last three home games 4-0 4-0 3-1 and that 3-1 was against Luton so they couldn't be coming into this in any in in any better way really a rebo has just sort of improved doesn't he as the season's gone along I, I noticed he played in almost as a striker at the weekend so alongside Lyle Taylor who's probably been maybe one of the most underrated players in the Division, do you know what I mean? I don't think he made the the team of the season, but this this is a kid that when you look at what Carlin Grant's doing for Huddersfield yeah. in, in the Premier League, I think he can he can shine in the pre, in the Championship. Lyle Taylor, so yeah, Charlton are absolutely flying, and goodness me, just give Lee Bowyer the, the the money that he needs for this contract. I mean that that's a real it's a real shame that that's not been sorted because it could be just the boost they need ahead of the playoffs
0: and the context of that. Going on all the time, too. Again, the job that he's done. Uh, one boost for them the rules, the EFL introduced new rules for 2018, which changed the loan. So all loans extend right until the new transfer window opens. And they've had a couple of key loans of Charlton. Um, Josh Cullen from West Ham has, has played well for them, too. So I think.
1: Bielik as well. As it yeah, yeah
0: Bilick, too, um, from Arsenal, of course, one of the arse. Uh, I'm a Tottenham fan why have I ever, can you wash my mouth out why would I ever say that I hate you in those eyes that make I, me say I things I didn't
1: know you were a Tottenham fan this oh. is this is good this is put me You am a Chelmsford
0: City fan yeah right. but,
1: yeah. I thought I liked you but. yeah mm-hmm.
0: Joe uh, Charlton Doncaster then who have you got coming out of that one
1: Charlton
3: it's actually a reflection of the prices as a whole as to who's going to win um, the playoffs because we've got three teams the same price Charlton four to six to go through against Doncaster who are 11 to 10 and as I mentioned nine to four Sunderland, nine to four Pompey, nine to four Charlton, Doncaster nine to two.
0: How is that fence you're sitting on?
3: <laughs> Very comfortable. Good.
0: Um, mine isn't so comfortable with Charlton going all the way. You two have gone four?
1: I've gone for Portsmouth actually even, even though Charlton are really solid. Was it, I think seven clean sheets in nine. I just wonder if they've peaked a bit too soon and that they might They might have a dip in the playoffs. Just think Portsmouth, with the Wembley experience, if they can get past Sunderland, might just edge it. But it's going to be so close, isn't it? Those odds are reflective. I think there's very little to choose between these three teams. Doncaster have been brilliant, very positive, breath of fresh air. But I think player for player, they're they're, they're way down on, on the other three.
0: David?
2: Yeah, I'll stick with Portsmouth as well. I really like Charlton. I've been to the Valley quite a few times, got a terrific side, played this sort of diamond at times, and I, I like how they do it. I think they'll beat Doncaster, but I have a feeling if they do meet someone like Portsmouth, they'll come up short.
0: Sure. Well done, Luton, by the way, becoming champions. Uh, we thought this was done about four years ago, but it finally came when, and they get their open top parade they deserve. But what they need on top of that, the cherry would be a Clarkie stat.
1: Yeah, well on the Pompey theme actually it continues so Portsmouth this is really impressive Portsmouth have scored first in 16 of 23 away games A 70% of away games have scored the first goal it's hard to to win away from home mm. to, to score first is not normal and overall home and away they were the only side to remain undefeated every time they went 1-0 up uh, 25 wins 5 draws so Pompey well played you
0: I'm Kate Borsay, host of The Offside Rule. And in our latest edition, we sent Lindsay Hooper off to West Ham to speak with defender Pablo Zabaleta. He told us all about playing under Maradona, West Ham's season and how they can achieve success. Plus, there's memories of his time in Manchester, including that fateful afternoon against QPR in 2012.
3: When QPR uh, equalized the game and then they scored a second goal, I thought, oh my God, I don't score many goals uh, during the season. (laughs) That was my first one in probably the best game. In the end, we, we needed uh, Seco and Aguero to the rescue.
0: To listen to the whole interview, just search for The Offside Rule in your podcasting app of choice and hit subscribe and download. That's The Offside Rule with me, Kate Borsay, out every Friday morning. Interleague 2 then, Notts County down and out, Milton Keynes on their way up, Newport of the county take the final playoff place. One of the founding members found wanting and gone in Knotts County. But Sol Campbell has done a marvellous job with
1: Macclesfield. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah, we, we all um, predicted doom and gloom. And I think everyone did, really. But, but he's, he's proved us all wrong. What I've loved about it is, and he used the word in his post-match interview, he said, you've got to commit. And he has committed to that club. It's not a glamorous job. And he wo- he's not used to working with players of that level. He's not used to working for a team. Has no training ground. He's not used to players not being paid. It it, it must have been a complete culture shock. Mm. But he's just rolled up his sleeves, got on with it, and fell back in love with being involved in professional football. I think he's done an awesome job. and And... They've not been that bad to watch either. It's okay they've been it's been a bit scrappy at times, but some of the forward play has been really lively. It's got a few little little whippets up in forward areas that have scored good goals. so yeah, fantastic and, and they deserve it ahead of Notts County, I, I have to say.
0: Talking of lively, Joe.
1: Do you think Sol Campbell could
3: be the most hated person in Notts County's history?
0: Or one oh, of them after well,
3: his uh, after his one game stint on, on uh, playing. Oh, history,
1: yeah, history <laughs> says that they play, went there and only played once. But what they forget to tell you, and and this is this is Sol's a nice fellow. He's, he's he's an acquired taste. He, he sometimes can, can say some odd things, but he's a nice guy deep down you can got to remember, he ripped up his contract after one game. He walked away from a lot of cash. And some people say, oh, he got enough cash already. How many players walk away from hundreds of thousands of pounds just because he was asked to? He did. So I don't think that's counted. I think he should be... A- not a hero not as County, but, but they should take that into account. Yeah,
2: I'm with Adrian on this because um, I think he gets a little bit of bad press and I can understand why. I mean, Alan Smith in the, in the Evening Standards brought up a, a tale that maybe when he was at Portsmouth and I was at Portsmouth, he, was, oh, he spent two hours uh, on a massage table and a player came in and he said, oh, you know, you wait your turn when you've got 70 England caps, you know, you can... <laughs> and and as if this was a negative, a bad thing, and I think, well, hang on a minute, you know, one, I'll take that with a pinch of salt mm-hmm. and two... He did play for England 70 odd times, and three at Portsmouth. We barely had a training ground, never mind a masseur to give you a rub down. So can you imagine if he's come from Arsenal and Tottenham, obviously landing at Portsmouth? Even then, there wasn't a training ground. We trained at school or whatever. So I think he's, you know, he's he's been the target. I think for for a little bit of bad press, and like it was the an England easy caps target.
0: levelled At him yes, at the start of this, exactly. When he well, look, the he's,
2: he's gone in. He's got his hands dirty, right? He hasn't waited like a a Lampard or a a Gerrard to get in higher up. He's taken a little while flirting with politics and all this sort of stuff. Finally, he's got his calling. And I just think cutting cutting some slack, you know, if they're not going to back him, hopefully he'll get a better job somewhere else.
0: Interesting looking at Notts County then with Ardley going in there, having just said what we have done about the job that's been done with with Ardley leaving and heading into Notts County and then Seoul turning up at Macclesfield. Both clubs a little bit, off the pitch. A bit dodgy. I don't mean that anything wrong is going on, but decidedly there's stuff going on off the pitch that could affect the manager. And he's come in and he's done it and he's been calm and he's brilliant for a quote. He said, I've had no budget. I've had to beg, borrow and steal. Utilise my contacts to get through. It's brilliant. We've not been relegated. As a manager, this has been a baptism of fire. This is great getting through it because everyone was losing their heads, but sticking to the plan. And that, again, as we mentioned, when you get into those situations, they've scored those crucial goals in the last minute. They've never been down when he's been there. They've turned things around and they've had that fight yeah, right to the end. I
1: was worried they wouldn't be able to galvanise the dressing room, but he has. And, and look, he wasn't snobby, was he? He no. saw the opportunity. He took it. Yeah, OK, he can come out with these slightly big time quotes where, you know, if you've got as many caps as me, then then come back to me, you know, with a massage or whatever. But But... I think that's just him shooting from the hip. He doesn't think before he speaks sometimes. But, but yeah, he's passionate about football. He loves it. And he's used his experience wisely, hasn't he, in terms of improving them at the back. And, and let, let's be honest as well. This isn't a guy, maybe with Wally Downs it's similar because Wally was working overseas. Couldn't have had a deep knowledge of players at that level when he took the job. But he's, he's used his eyes and he's got he's obviously watched a lot of football. And made some calls and on players that he's brought in, and and most of them have been successes. So, so yeah, I mean he's done a he's done a t- nine out of ten, ten out of ten job, hasn't he? Brilliant.
0: Notts County will not find it easy in the National League. Anyone want to make a prediction when they're going to come back up?
2: No, because you only have to look at uh, Chesterfield, what happened to them. You know, got relegated, relegated again. Obviously, struggling all along now. Um, How long
0: it took Luton. Yes. Wrexham are still in there. Another yep. huge club. All these big clubs are still in there.
2: Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Look, they had a couple of red cards, and I think it cost them, even with 11, them playing with 10. I, I think Neil's got his work out, because there's no doubt. I think there is some sort of interference from above on, I think, team selection. Just from what I hear... I don't know. seems like a difficult job.
0: Knotts County then doomed yeah. for
1: a bit? Uh, well, who knows? Leighton Orient are the model, aren't they? So the Leighton Orient's owner was <laughs> shocking. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they were in a truly uh, awful state. They were on their knees. And it hasn't taken them that long, has it, to, to come back. So it is like Big Al has said he's going to go. Just go then. Yeah. Sell it to the right people, hopefully. And, and fingers crossed. If, if, it is, if it is sold to the right people, then then I think they've got the foundation there to, to come back relatively quickly. But yeah, it's not it's not an easy division.
0: Another big gate in the National League.
2: Well, I've been at Orient quite a few times and, you know, when things aren't going well, when you're a big club, you know, obviously everyone goes there and tries to make it really difficult. They don't want to roll over, particularly, you know, players enjoy, they'll enjoy going to Notts County. So they'll face different challenges as the big fish in a kind of smaller pond and Leighton Orient at times found it really hard this season.
1: They really did and they got there in the end, but it certainly wasn't easy. Yeah, and then the basis of Leighton Orient's promotion was a really, really solid defence. Yeah. And it, if there's one thing Notts County don't have, it's a really solid defence. So so I think Neil Ardley that will be the uh, primary focus of his summer recruitment. Uh, just build a whole new back foot.
0: Right, let's quickly rattle through the playoffs. I am going for Newport purely on the basis of everything they've done in the Cup, their spirit... They love a playoff game because it's the old clichéd cup competition is how I'm going to read it. Newport County, Mansfield Town, the 9th of May kicks them off. The following night on the Friday is Tranmere Rovers, Forest Green Rovers before they do the returns on Sunday the 12th and Monday the 13th. So I'm nailing everything to Newport. Anyone else? (laughs)
2: I'm going to go with Mansfield. I know um, they flick off quite well. We did a, a coaching course together. And actually, you mentioned Warburton's earlier. He went to Warburton's The Bread Factory as part of his um, coaching course. So that was quite interesting. So
0: how did he bring this up?
2: How did he? Well, we, he had to. He had to deliver a presentation on based mm. on Warburton's. Yeah, so it was family business and, and all that. And um, yeah, little things popped up. Am
0: I far too interested in this
2: than I should be? Well basically. maybe. I can expand, but yeah, I know that do. obviously time is ticking. No. Um but no, it was no, just to
0: expand. Well I mean um Shall I can cut it out, but at least I'll have heard it then.
2: Yeah, well maybe we could we'll do it after. Shall oh. we?
0: <laughs> Yeah, but I'll go with I'll go with
2: Dave Flickcroft. I think they've got good players as well.
1: Yeah, I'm Seager discounting Hamilton anything you say now, Walker, so whatever. Adrian? Yeah. Um, well, so they're in the bogey position, aren't they, uh, in the past 10 years? Just one team finishing fourth and League Two has, has gone up. So on the basis of that alone, and that team was Fleetwood, by the way, uh, on the basis of that alone I'll Discount Mansfield, who actually have been playing like a mid-table team, haven't they? I think the last 12 matches, Yeah, they've won four of their last 12 matches, which is pretty... Average, isn't it, going into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Newport, I, I, I'm with you um, on the on the cup factor, and also the fact that they've got two strikers that have scored over twenty goals. Yeah. Uh, Amond and Jamil Matt These are two guys that they don't always score that pretty goals, but but they know where the back of the net is. I think they're going. I, th- I think they're going to definitely beat Mansfield. That's my call. And yeah, I'm actually going to go with them to get promoted.
0: So I'm going Newport County Tranmere Rovers final. You're going Mansfield. Who?
1: I'll
2: go with Forest Green.
0: If you are. Yep. Don't know why. Mansfield Town against OMG. Forest Green.
3: <laughs> Who's
0: right apart from me again, Joe?
3: Mansfield Town, Forest Green. Really? 4-9 uh, Mansfield to qualify. Forest Green, 8-11. to 11. <laughs> Newport, 13-8 to eight to qualify against Mansfield. And Tranmere, Evans to qualify against Forest Green. So that means in the... Uh, League Two promotion odds: Mansfield are the favourites at thirteen to eight, Forest Green five to two, Tranmere eleven to four, and Newport the outsiders at four to one.
0: A reminder, kids, that away goals don't count in the playoff matches. Do you have a stat for League yeah, Two? Yeah,
1: well, it's it's related to one of the playoff teams that it's Tranmere, but but on I, I think Forest Green might might nick it, and it, that's part of the reason I say that is because no team is more reliant on one player than Tranmere, James Norwood has been responsible for 29 goals, which is seven clear of the next nearest. But it equates to 46% of Tranmere's goals this season have all come from James Norwood. The next closest out of all the top 20 is 32% Tyler Walker at Mansfield. So one player team, Tranmere, kind of.
0: Just proves how right Nicola Palios was when she came on the show and said, he's going nowhere. We're hanging on to him. James Norwood is... Is as right done quicker than a wheel change on an open top bus. That's almost it from us. Let's just run through those three again. You are going with Adrian
1: Leeds, Portsmouth, and Newport.
0: I am going with Villa, Charlton, and Newport. I'm Villa,
2: Portsmouth, and the mighty Mansfield.
0: And that story you were telling, uh, uh, Joe. This is all for a charity bet. Who looks favourites at the moment?
3: Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for David. Why? Because his bet pays out at half the odds of both you and Adrian. Ah. Um, I know it's for charity, but come on. Um, Hang on. I know
0: it's for charity, but come on.
3: So, uh, a £50 uh, bet for David on Villa, Pompey and Mansfield pays around about 25 to 1. It pays £1,226.37, including steak. I'll get spending now. Uh, And... Bizarrely, despite the fact that you've picked two teams that are different and one, one team, obviously Newport, that is the same, hmm. uh, they both pay exactly the same because of the fact that Leeds and Villa are the same price to win the playoffs. So and how much so am So are Pompey making? and Charlton forty-seven to one, there or thereabouts, p- pays two thousand three hundred thirty-five pounds and ninety-four
0: pence. Go on, my son. Stretching. Yeah.
1: Um, as said, even if. Um, can you personally hand over the cash just so I can see? One your of face? those really
0: big checks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or from my bank
0: account. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while he goes, gets the moths out. Uh, we're off at the Totally Show to get in contact with us. We are here right through to the point at which Joe pays out. Come the end of the season after the playoffs. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.
4: You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, audio Boom, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats.